0: Welcome to this really important podcast. Um, Just in case you think that this is a controversial podcast, it's not. This podcast is about opening our minds and opening our hearts up to what is real. As a 45 year old white man who has been on the verge of suicide, this podcast looks to answer the question of what is the link between privilege and those suicides? What is the link between perceived wealth and the reality of true pain? All we ask is that before you make any judgment that you listen to all of the podcast and we'd love your thoughts because the purpose of this podcast is about unity, love, and to eradicate the need for people to think they don't matter. Welcome to the Talking Minds Podcast. Come join us as we chat about a whole host of mindset-related issues, giving you both the male and female perspective. Don't miss out on the exciting interviews we'll be conducting with some truly inspirational guests. My name's Marcus Matthews, and I'm a rapid transformational therapist whose quest is to transform people's minds to reach their own personal greatness.
1: My name is Tracy Carroll, I'm a Rapid Transformational Therapy practitioner and my mission is to end the stigma surrounding mental health issues and show people they no longer need to suffer in silence.
0: begin hello everybody and welcome to the talking minds podcast now i am going to start this podcast tracy's here by the way tracy hello
1: hello everyone
0: sorry i forgot to do that um yeah wherever you are in the world um so i said to tracy we've just been having a chat before we started recording the podcast um we're trying to get a message out or i'm trying to get a message out today and i'm just going to explain a little bit about where this came from so what i would ask every single person who is listening to this podcast do not get on your high horse do not think that I am judging prejudging anything this is an observation and I'm going to start this contentious um podcast it's not contentious it's not contentious um with a little thing so one of the things one of the things I don't personally like I'm I'm a white man I'm 45 um I'm a former police officer and with everything in the media People may want to label me as being a person of white privilege, and um, I'm not, and I really do not like that label. And actually, in this podcast, we're not going to just—we're not going to talk about white privilege. We're not going to talk about Black Lives Matters. We're not going to talk about that sort of stuff. What I want this to be about is about labels and how we use them and how we define people, and actually, our own intentions in the way that we speak and the way that we take information on do we see things from the ego or are we seeing things through the lens of love? So I want, I want you just to take from this and hopefully Tracy will keep me on track please. Um, That we see this through the lens of love and the intention. Now, nobody knows this until Tracy, I told um, about 10 minutes ago. But for those of you who don't know, um, around about two years ago, just over two years ago, um, while serving as a police officer, I had a breakdown. Um, For about two years, I've been having suicidal thoughts. I was in a really bad way. I'm I'm okay now, by the way. No need to phone Samaritans. Um, It's all good. It's all good. I've done the work. Um, But actually, what's happened is over the past um, month or so, those suicidal thoughts, those thoughts had come back into my head whilst i was sleeping now my perspective on this is completely different and i'm gonna actually just mention this now because it's something that i do with a lot of my clients is that there's no right there's no wrong there's no good there's no bad we look for the lessons and this has been quite a painful process because i haven't been able to actually articulate or speak to anybody about this um and this is kind of my point is um 2019, uh, pre-2019, there have been 5,691 suicides in England and Wales, and that was up 321 on the previous years. And this data has come from the Samaritans' website. Um, Statistically, um, there's about 11 people killed themselves um, out of every 100,000 of the population. Now, of that, three-quarters of those suicides are male, normally between the ages of 45 or 59. So I was slap bang in this category. Um, but the other thing that I that I saw, which really shocked me, was that since 2012, the rate of females under the age of 25 that have committed suicide has gone up by 93.8%. So I'm going to give my perspective on some of this. And... Um, and I think generally suicides for both genders is up by about 10.9% since 2018. Now we know what's been going on in the world we can kind of look at that but I want to delve deeper into why that might be from my perspective as somebody who's lived it. So I will let Trace come in in a minute but I need to get this (laughs) off my chest. (laughs) So this is live therapy by the way just to let anybody know we're doing live therapy. Um, So so I, I was really nervous. I wrote a blog. If you go to my website, makeyourlifecount.co.uk, I've got a blog that's kind of similar to this. And I wanted to know why I didn't give myself permission to be able to have this conversation that we're having now. I am really nervous about this conversation. And I'm really nervous about some of the things that we're going to talk about. And I I'm asking myself, why is that? Why is it? And I think this is where these suicidal thoughts have come from so I'm, I was looking into the lessons and I've always tried to be authentic I've always tried to be me I'm certainly me now um but even so I have still get people saying oh Marcus you need to do this or Marcus you need to be this or you should do this or you should be like this you should turn up like this I, and I trace it I don't know if from your perspective as a female do you still feel that you even though you've done the work you're authentically you do you still have that feeling that Society is telling you as a woman that this is how you should be.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I think we're we're all like it, whether we're male or female. I think we're all, well, society gives us this box that we're all supposed to conform to, we're all supposed to get into. Um, And then we have this inner battle because deep down our souls, our spirits, that's that's not what we're here for. Mm. And we're here just to be authentic as we are and not to fit in any kind of box. And I think it's really kind of difficult. Um, and I would also say that the reason that you're finding you're so nervous about this, and to an extent, I'm a little bit nervous, because there's so many aspects of this podcast that people can judge us on. And when we can be judged, if we judge negatively, we can be shunned. Um, and I do think in that sense, it goes back to like the primitive mind of, of where it was so important to be like everyone else and to be liked by everybody else i think that still plays a big role in in how we all react every day
0: and i think this is really important if we if we look at this from you know marissa pierre's rules of the mind if we look at this that obviously we look at when we work with clients is that our subconscious mind which runs our feelings so those feelings that you get about those difficult situations and this is what i've had to do is where are those feelings coming from where are those truths where are those stories that are connected to that feeling and how are they being enforced on me you know are they conflicting so the mind can't hold a conflict conflicting thoughts you know you can't feel one thing and think another and i think this is really important is that we show up with these masks Saying, okay, society, for me to fit in to survive, because that's what the mind is there for. For me to survive, I need to show up like this. I need to say that this is this and this is this, but I don't believe in it. I don't feel it. So I become conflicted.
1: Mm.
0: But I think then the other thing that we have, especially when it comes to things like suicide, and if anybody knows me, they'll know I hate this phrase it's good to talk. Yeah. Okay. Excuse the language. Bullshit. It is not good to talk because I'll tell you what, from my own personal experience, I've always stood up to do the right thing. I've always come from a place of value service. Okay. And when I did that and I saw a wrong, I would say that is wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. You know, try to see the world for the lens of love. And it was, you need to conform. You need to fit in. You're not allowed to do that. And when I did that, I became the rebel. And I just want to take a quote from Nelson Mandela. Okay, so this is from an amazing, an amazing man, a black man, a humanitarian, somebody who understood the human spirit. And he made this quote, he said, When a man is denied the right to live the life he believes in, and we can put woman in there. Yeah. We'll, we'll just use the man a human. Okay, so when a man is denied the right to live the life he believes in, he has no choice to be but to become an outlaw. So for everybody who's out there who steps into their real purpose or doesn't believe in a certain construct, they become an outlaw. And when you become an outlaw, that is when the fight, flight and freeze starts to come in. And as soon as you go into that freeze mode, you know, God knows how many clients I say this to, and they go, Oh my God, nobody's ever mentioned this before. That cloud descends in your head where you can't think logically that cortisol goes through your body because what happens is is that when that cortisol comes down it shuts down any logical thought but we use logic all the time don't we yeah all the
1: time.
0: So, so so what do we do we internalize that we internalize that we go i feel this way but i need to show up this way no
1: yeah. it's not safe for me to feel
0: that way it's not safe it's not safe for me to say who i am it's not safe for me to have my truth now this is where we're going to get a little bit controversial Okay, so when we look at that, let's go back and let's look at things like, you know, um, BMAE, um, gay rights, all of those minority groups. They're absolutely right. Everybody should have an equal share and be able to do things and do all of that sort of stuff. So I'm not denying that. But there's a tip. It's gone the other way in many ways now that if as a a person you can't say I'm actually gay it's embraced you're given opportunity okay you're given opportunity there are there is positive discrimination that comes in and I understand the reason for that is to make sure that we have a fair society and that everybody's fairly represented and yada 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 I get that okay so you don't need to give me any of the political bs on that I get it all right however where is my privilege as a 45 year old man because the white privilege that people talk about was the white privilege of the 1900s. It was the white privilege of maybe even the 1980s. This is my own feelings, by the way, everybody. Okay. And I'm not saying that anybody shouldn't have any, but where is my privilege? Cause my privilege at the moment, I'll just let you know, cause I'm going to be honest now, you know, um, my privilege is that me and my wife have served our country. We both, We're in the the armed forces. I was in the police. And a lot of those experiences led to the decline of my mental health. You know, I didn't give my life, but I certainly have given my mind (laughs) to the world. Um, So I left the police because I found my power. I found my voice and I made a choice to leave because I didn't believe in the ethics of the way that people were being treated and the way that I was treated. And that was my choice. There was no judgment there you know, but that was my choice. I, I chose to leave and then COVID hit and I started my business. So financially I've been impacted. My wife has been impacted. You know, we've worked all our life. And when I go for help, I get told, I oh, know you're not entitled to anything. Now I can see that. And from my mental health point of view, for the first time in my life, I have felt what discrimination is. Now, I can't say that that's the same as somebody who's black or somebody who is a woman, but absolutely, I can have this conversation. I feel that I can have this because from a mental health point of view, I absolutely was discriminated against, in my opinion. So I'm honoring everybody else out there. But where is where is the white man's mental health positive discrimination policy? And I'm not asking for that. And I'm not asking that. But what I'm saying is, is that we've got to stop labelling people. We've got to stop that. We've got to stop doing that now. Because, you know, the definition, the definition of white privilege, and I'm going to go there. And again, this isn't a race thing. So anybody's jumping on the bandwagon that's talking about, I'm the, get the message that I'm trying to get through here, is that it's an unearned advantage based on race. Okay, unearned advantage based on race, which can be observed both systematically and individually. So if you take that, and Tracy, tell me if I'm wrong, systematically and individually means that for that privilege to be counted, there needs to be a period of time to realize that that act has happened. And as as a white man, I absolutely honor that, probably up to the 1990s there was systemic racism there was systemic sexism there was homophobia absolutely and anybody who's you know in, from the 30, 30s upwards knows that mm. but when i was going when that change happened i was a kid i had no power over that and my, my rules for living were based on the 70s and the 80s. The rules of as a man, as an alpha, as a provider from my parents were based on those old things. Now, I don't agree with them. Mm. But then as I enter the 90s, as things start to change, I've got a set of rules that all of a sudden people turn around to me and go, oh, sorry, you don't count anymore. No, and
1: that's exactly it, isn't it? It is you the, the category that we'll temporarily put you into doesn't count. You don't have a right to an opinion because you're 20, 30, 40 years ago considered white privileged and you were in the majority. All of a sudden you're in the minority, but now you've had your turn. Mm. That that box of people had their turn all those decades ago. Therefore, they don't have that right anymore. And this is mm. what annoys me about... Um, all these different boxes that everyone's being put in. And and it's almost like everybody's like, well, my box is more important. My box is more important. No, mine is. Well, how about we all just throw the boxes away and just say we are all beings and we all have the right to show up authentically, have our voice, have our rights and just be be on the level that we're supposed to be on whatever level that is that we feel comfortable on
0: yeah and 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 just taking that a step further so I was working I'm not going to mention who the person is a friend it's a fellow therapist and we were talking about this and one of the things that she's you know as therapists we're always working on ourselves we're always looking at how we can you know live to our purpose and you know she told me that she came from a corporate background and actually mine and one of Joe's coaches, uh, man, and uh, Tracy's coaches, has said this as well. Corporate background, um, this wearing that label that that nineteen. Uh, as women, the thing that annoys me the most about women now is that they feel that they need to hate men and they need to show men that they're better. And and it's the same with other other people. It's you are literally adopting the model that was white privilege and saying, I want now that I'm now that, that what what we now call white privilege is now my privilege. So Mm -hmm. I want to be the one who's top dog. I want to be the one who is going to make you feel suppressed. I'm the one you're no fucking different. Sorry for swearing, Mm -hmm. but you're no different. There's an opportunity to learn from enslavement. There is an opportunity to learn from sexism. There is an opportunity for what we will call, minority groups to actually be better than what white privilege was and it still exists and i'm not denying that it still exists but let's stop labeling you know if if i said to every young black man you're a drug dealer i'm labeling them but as the feeling that i get as a white man is that as a white man in my 40s i'm white privilege
1: yeah you're and i've you.
0: had this on my social media people have said this to me when i've I posted my blog out somebody put on there on 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 a post and they said and I said, have you read the blog? You know, can we stop this? Can we stop this? Because going back to the main point, and I, and I don't want to go on about white privilege because it's just a nonsense. It's a label. Inside every single one, I say this to my clients and I say this to new people. And I want everybody to stop now if you're listening to this. And I want you to recognize the inner voice. That, voice your soul inside you that you don't want anybody to see that inner you know the inner voice and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be quite playful with this but you know the inner voice that really really is into bondage but you don't want to tell anybody that inner voice that actually is going i'm actually gay but i'm not going to come out that that's not me by the way i'm just saying that (laughs) just in (laughs) case anybody's wondering it's not but but okay but i will give you an example that inner voice that's saying i can't have this conversation i can't have i'm not allowed to have this conversation society tells me that i'm not allowed so my inner voice is coming out now because that's kind of what i do now i've liberated myself but i've but i was scared to have this conversation i was scared to have this voice i was scared to be the rebel. You know, when I left the police and my chief inspector said to me, you know, Marcus, you're going to be a good officer, da, 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 da. And I just, and my answer to him was, I said, I can't stay because I can't stay here and be my authentic self. I cannot live my purpose. I cannot, I cannot give to society as I want to be, as I want to. And, and that is really empowering me for, to say that I didn't want to leave the police, and I miss it every day still. But if I have to do something where I'm not authentically me, and I can't say this is me, and the same with you, Tracy, you know, to say oh. this is me, love me for who I am, you know, I'm not going to agree with everything you say. You're not going to agree with everything, but that doesn't mean that I don't honor and respect and no. love everything that you say, and that you have that. You know, we we're not going to get on about everything, but let's let's just put. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't agree with you. And I think this one of the reasons why maybe we look at those statistics certainly of females under 25 is that maybe that young female wants to just look amazing, look beautiful, find a big strong man. You know, just have maybe they want a job, maybe they don't, maybe they just want to, maybe they want to just be a mom, but actually, maybe they don't want to breastfeed. Maybe they don't want to breastfeed. They want to put somebody on a bottle. And I think that I, you know that is another thing that you know when we talk about judgment, we want to empower women. But how many women don't empower women? How many women judge women?
1: God, there's just masses. Absolutely. I mean,
0: I, I don't know if you've got any examples yeah. of that, but the, I think the breastfeeding thing is a massive thing. Yeah,
1: that's if that if is a massive earth, one.
0: If you're not an Earth, mother.
1: No, exactly. No, that is, that is a massive thing. It's like having a child is like the biggest experience of your life and then you have, and, and it doesn't even just need to be about breastfeeding. Maybe it can be about how you're giving birth. Mm. Um, but there is so much judgment as to how you should, in inverted in commas, how you should do these things. And if you don't, it's like you're less of, less of a woman. Mm. And then you end up questioning yourself, thinking, well, am I not very good? I have yeah. so many clients that say to me, I'm not a very good mum. Mm. Like, who's to say you're not a very good mum? If your child is still alive, you're not physically harming them or feeding them cocaine, you're doing a bloody good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's only so, so many things that you can do wrong in that sense. And it's the judgment, and I think the judgment in any areas makes people feel like it's not safe and it's it's not right to be them and and more so that they're wrong
0: yeah and 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 another one with that i mean on on friday i was going to ask you about this we'll do it on air it doesn't matter if you're around on friday so i'm part of a group called cheshire socialites and there's a lady on there called deborah um, forsyth she works with women with menopause so we're going to do some stuff on menopause, but we're actually going to do it from a different angle because we had a chat. And she said that a lot of the clients that she has in um, come from their husbands asking. Because I said, I know nothing about menopause. And really? she said, actually, most women know nothing about menopause. And so it my gets... Wife to,
1: out. She's being a bitch.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's really interesting when we had a conversation, this is why the podcast come up, Is that I said? She said that most of the men are kind of. I give. My wife's got an amazing house. She's got a life. She's got this. You know, they might be working, but they've got an amazing life. She works with a lot of rich people. Um, And then she's going through this period of her life where she's throwing plates at me. She's doing this, and I can't control it. I can't help her. I don't know what to do. And they feel completely disempowered but the society tells us, well, you don't need to be empowered. She's an empowered woman and she can do what she wants, but that doesn't stop that, you know, that alpha inside, that male alpha that's kind of going, I need to care. I need to protect. I love this woman. You know, then he's not doing it. So, Oh, she's being a bitch. She's getting on my nerves. He's going, how do I protect her? And women are going, I don't, I don't need protecting. You know, I don't need a man to protect me. And it's not about that, but we're all, it's as though we all need to be alpha and we need to know when we're alpha when we're not alpha when we a great team I would say a great team or anything is like it's like playing chess you play the right piece at the right time the pawn is no different to the king you know what I mean we all have our strengths and weaknesses yeah I think societally and this is where I kind of want to go with this as well is that let's look at our education system alongside of this because I think I don't know about you Tracy but there are there are two common things that happen when we see our clients, because most of the stuff is the inner child. Right. Either your parents have screwed you up or your teachers. OK, one, one of the two, it comes from that. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: And interestingly, again, Nelson Mandela, I've got loads of Nelson Mandela quotes. He said education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Now, I want to just really clarify that education as we normally see in the west is very linear and it looks something like this you're born you go to primary school then when you leave primary school and you go through that play phase you then start to conform to a very structured linear way of doing it if you don't fit into that then you're either academic or non-academic so that defines your choices in life straight away and then and then so so the ideal the ideal life that we that we basically conform to is born school university great job lots of money pension die yeah so i want if you so i'm going to say that again okay so you're born a little bit of play you then will, will go to secondary school you then would maybe go to university get a good job get a great pension die now at what point does that actually sound like a life
1: the very first little bit when you play yeah
0: and actually the race, when we go, you know, when we get, I think when you get, to, and again, I was talking to Dez about this and we'll, and we'll come put it on the podcast on Friday, but one of the things that we were talking about, as I said, we get to a certain age and we go, I want to go back there. We want to climb back in the womb and start again. Oh, <laughs> you know? Oh, and, oh, she, yeah, so and she worried. said to me,
1: Not 20.
0: yeah, but she said, how old, how old are you inside? How old is that inner child? So ask yourself now, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, how old is your inner child? And interestingly, what is very interesting, I remember when I was about 16 and I made a decision, a commitment to myself that I would never be any older than 13. And I often wonder if actually my subconscious took that on, on board. So I was playing out most of the time through my adult life as a 13-year-old. <laughs> so the other day I stop. thought about this.
1: I stopped uh, counting when I hit 30. And if somebody asks
0: me how old I am, I actually have to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, but I think that goes back to that inner child. And when we look at you know what we talk about here with suicide, the reason people have suicidal thoughts, the reason why people you know, do feel the way they do or they have to end their life is about connection or it's about disconnection more importantly it's not about disconnection from other people because often people say these people are selfish but anybody who's had suicidal thoughts anybody who is not coming from a selfish point of view it's actually it's coming from a place of love because they feel that they are impacting on other people you know and i can say that absolutely because i've been there um it's everybody else would be better off if i wasn't here the truth though And by the way, there's no clinical stuff. This is just my own experience. The truth of my own realization was that the thoughts of killing myself were actually my mind, my soul, my spirit saying you will not survive if you do not kill these thoughts that are not true. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you a warning. This is an alarm bell and how many people do you hear when they go on that journey? Say finding you're on the journey back to yourself. And that's what suicide is. It's about killing the thoughts and finding the journey back to who you are. It's you're on yeah. the wrong path. And you've been it, you've been falling down potholes for, for ages. And I'm just going to make those potholes bigger <laughs> until you actually disappear.
1: Yeah, until you've yeah. got a whopping great ravine. It's a bit like anxiety though, isn't it? Mm. Of, it's your mind saying to you, you can't carry on on this path. Mm. It's not working. It's not leading you. Anywhere that you want to go, anywhere you need to go, you're becoming more and more disconnected from yourself. Mm. And it's almost like, I always kind of imagine it as it started off as a bungee cord and you pulled it so tight that it's like threadbare.
0: Mm. And
1: keep going and it's going to snap. And once it snaps at the end of it, yeah, kind of like turn around, leave this stuff behind and go in a different direction. And go back to yourself
0: is it- and again where you do that though i mean I, I think everybody if they mapped they could see what was the point there was a point in your life and this is what we do with rtt and this is why i talk about this with talking therapies a lot of bollocks and all the rest of it because it doesn't get to the root cause of the feeling and when that started because you weren't born with anxiety there's only two fears that you are born with and that's as a, as a baby that's the, that's the fear of being dropped and the fear of loud noises they're the only two everything else is learned simple as mm. okay so when you look at that there was a point there was a point in which um, and i see this in my son alex when alex was younger he's 12 now and he's still kind of there he hasn't made that transition but yet but we used to call it alex world and me and michelle used to say i want to go to alex world <laughs> And it was that you're talking to him, but he is somewhere else. And as parents, because listen to me. I'm trying to tell you to tidy your bedroom. And he's like, what? Yeah. And as parents, you know, we, we, we beat them out of Alex's world. We beat them out of their dream state to conform to our shit that we've not sorted out.
1: Because the fears that we've got.
0: Yeah, because of the fears that we've got. So you are a product, and this is the beauty of the RTT, and this is why the way I try and explain it to clients, is that you are the construct of your past, and your future is the manifestation of what you believe about your past.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'll say that again. You are the construct of your past, And you're a manifestation of the beliefs that you have about your past. So what I mean about that is, is um, I'm going to tell a story here. We were talking about this, but it'll come in because this is so pertinent. Lisa Nichols, for those who don't know Lisa Nichols, she's an amazing orator. She's an amazing storyteller. And she does this thing at Mind Valley where she's talking and they do these breakout rooms. And she talks about this guy, this white guy, again, white so black female white guy okay we've got the two I don't Lisa Nichols isn't gay but you know that's pretty much we're, we're three quarters of the way there if we're going to start being controversial and I was I actually was on a, a summit with Lisa Nichols a couple of weeks ago and the woman is phenomenal you know she I love her to bits but she was stood on stage there was this guy this white guy who was staring at her and Lisa Nichols this amazing orator this fantastic coach He's going, he doesn't like me, he doesn't like me. That inner child is going, you know, everybody else likes me, he doesn't like me, what's the problem? And it's going on anyway. Um, the story goes on, and eventually she speaks to this guy, and she plucks up the courage to kind of say, You know, I just wonder why you're here. You were really silent, you didn't get involved. And this guy was from South Africa, and he turns around to her and said, I should hate you. Everything I have been told about my life and how I should show up as a white South African male tells me logically that I should hate you, but I love you. You, the way that you spoke, the way that you were basically opened up and and I don't know how to handle that (laughs) because I have no, and this is what a lot of people have. And I find this with clients, People beat themselves up because they're not this or they're not that. But the tools they've been given, they've not been given the tools. They've not been given the information. They're doing the best that they can. And they're looking outwardly for yes. other people to give them the tools. I don't agree with this. Who else has got the tools? And, and they, they go out, but I can't do that. And I'm not good enough. And I'm not this. And the answers are all inside you. And actually, you can write your own rules. And that's not to say that you should impinge on anybody else, but it's about writing your own rules and then finding your place in society. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't know if that came across.
1: Yeah, it's interesting actually. I had a a session with a client this week and I won't go into detail obviously, but she was talking about, she always looks to other people for the answers for things. And if they're not there, she's in a bit of a tailspin because she needs the answers and, and there's no one there teaching her the answers. Mm. And by the end of the session, I made her realize that they're all inside, all the answers mm. inside. Um, but so many of us look externally for the answers. And I think we've, I don't know, as a society, we've learned to not trust ourselves. Um, and we're taught that somebody else has the answer and we should just conform. Uh, and it, again, we, we get that conflict of having to go along with what other people are saying because it's the norm.
0: But why is that? You're right. Power. I
1: think it's, it's power. Yeah, I think from day dot, there's always, you think when you're born, you look up to your parents, you look up to your teachers, yeah. your elders, because you come onto the planet and know nothing and you learn from them. And I think it's kind of indoctrinated into you that that's what you always do. You will always look up to other people because that first period of your life, you had no choice. Mm. You couldn't go with your own knowledge because you had none. Yeah. Um, and I think, it's, I think it would be really powerful if parents of young children encouraged them to listen to their own thoughts and feelings and to look within for the answers.
0: And I also think allow them to express, express those. So I know when I've worked with kids, I do work with kids every now and again. And 100% of the time, pretty much, is that that there's nothing wrong with the child. It's the parent or the teacher.
1: It's somebody around them.
0: And and, and when you look at that model, so look at our society, look at the way that Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, the leaders of this world, and I'm going to use leaders in the loosest sense of the word, but... If you give people too much slack, they'll start to ask questions. So what do you do? You have a very linear approach. If you look at our, our businesses, if you look at the way that things work now, okay, and I'll give the police an ex- as an example, I'll give my own thingy on this. Every time I challenged something, they went, oh, well, that's process. The leaders in the organization didn't take ownership. They passed it on to HR and finance. We're not run by leaders anymore. We're run by HR and finance departments. Most people are very much logical systems-based. They're not emotional type jobs, but we are emotional creatures, our subconscious. We're, we're run 98% of the time on emotion. So if you build a society where a very small minority can raise to the top using their very large, I think Divergent is an amazing film to kind (laughs) of look at this in the fact that the people that are running it are running it on a very, very small linear scale. So you have two choices. You are either that person, you've learned to be one of those people so you can easily flow through that channel or you choose to go from one of your your, um, factions into that faction. And this is where a lot of people maybe will go into, you know, I've said this before, as how many five-year-olds want to be an accountant or a HR manager? Not many. <laughs> Not many. Um, and my point is, is that we build this construct. And, and how many people do we know, Tracy? that I'm going to say fortunate enough from a financial point of view, but that have gone up that big corporate scale and they've been working and working and working and working and big money and have never been satisfied?
1: Oh, God, so, um, so many.
0: Never been satisfied?
1: So many people, no, because they've followed the path of what they should do.
0: Mm.
1: For the majority of them or they realize that they don't want to um go along with the whole play a little school university corporate
0: and then imagine imagine especially given the covid and the furlough thing that you've gone down that like you've sacrificed who you are to fit in with society and then you've got that money you've got that car you've got the gold glory the girls you've got all of that stuff that society says defines you as being rich when you're yeah. not yeah and then you lose it all and then we look and go back to the white privilege that it's white men that are at the top of everything and they're this that and the other maybe it's not white privilege because maybe that white privilege has been a construct that people have been told you need to conform to and as that white privilege breaks down and as people can't be their authentic self because if they are they will lose everything so if they fit in, they lose everything. If they don't fit in, they lose everything. They're not empowered. There's no purpose. And I think that's the same with women. I think it's the same with ethnic minorities because obviously the, you know, BAME, the B-A-M-E, there's a lot of suicide there, and it's the same thing, it's not a colour thing. No, I don't
1: I don't think it's, it's not a colour, colour thing. It's not a race, it's, it's not a gender. I not. think it literally is too many people feeling like. They need to get in that box. Mm. What is they need to get in that box and that if they get in that box and live in that box, that they'll be happy. Mm. And I think it gets to the point where for the majority, they realise at some point on that path, in that box, that this isn't, this isn't worth it. I'm not happy. It's not doing it's not doing me any good being in here. I'm jumping ship.
0: Yeah. And that jumping ship normally it's goes two ways. Like-
1: yeah, it's either
0: suicide or it's you either conform and really don't live your life, or you pretend to live your life, you wear that mask. Yeah, you either are lucky enough to do the work because when you look at a lot of the people that are in our space, if you look at a lot of the people that have done RTT, studied RTT, let's face it, it's not cheap to have these realizations unless you're going to go and be a monk and do it that way. to to have these realizations to go through this process is not a cheap uh, god knows how much money it's cost me just to just deconstruct who i am i I don't even want to think about it but i made that choice because i I wanted to do that but again most people that's not available to me that's not available to me to learn how to deconstruct myself it's not available to me because society tells me that if i don't fit in and i'm feeling ill and my mental health goes down i need to numb that with drugs I need to just talk about it but talking about it isn't dealing with the feeling taking drugs isn't dealing with the feeling and what does that cause it causes dis-ease it causes stress it causes dis-ease let's push that together it causes disease yeah and what have we got happening in the world at the moment not just covid but actually the way that humanity is acting it's disease we we are the virus we are a virus And there are good viruses and bad viruses. And actually, I think the universe is, is, I think COVID is a metaphor. (laughs) I think the universe is literally turning around and going, look, right, you haven't got it yet. I've been trying to give you all the clues. So let me give you a visual, let me give you a representation of what you're doing to yourselves, to the planet and everything else. And that, that metaphor has been made before, very much suppressed. But if we start to treat each other with more respect if we start to honor who we are actually not even each other we start to honor ourselves we will become less stressed our mental health will be better the dis-ease will become ease our immunity levels will get better so and it's all linked so yeah i i I don't know if i've we've got the point across so we could labor this for a long time but i think you know i'm i'm gonna just I'm not going to end it here, but I'm just going to say another Nelson Mandela quote. Thank you, Nelson Mandela. It says that no one is born hating another person because of their colour of their skin, their background or religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can learn to love. For love comes easier to a human heart than its opposite. Oh,
1: I like that one in particular. I
0: think you but, need to say that one again. Yeah, so my, my, right. I've written this down, by the way, my handwriting is rubbish, but I will say it again just in case, but you'll get the essence of it. And that is that no one is born hating another person because of the colour of their skin, their background or religion, people must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can learn to love. For love comes more easily to the human heart than its opposite. I really like that. So I'm, this isn't mine, but I, I recently read, Gabby Bernstein has got a new book out. Go and get it. It's on Amazon. Um, it's on Audible. And she wrote this book at the start of the COVID crisis. And the underlying message, and this is how I am now using this, and it's very simple. And I, I'm going to end it with this because I think this is a very simple way to do things.
1: Yeah, good
0: roundup. When you make a decision... About yourself or anybody else. I want you to look at it through the lens of love. So, the whole point of this is about you as an individual. It's not, it is looking about through the lens of love from other people's perspective. And am I adding something positive? Am I contributing to this in a, in a, in a positive way, in a loving way? Even if that's a difficult conversation, like I've said today. You may not agree with what we've talked about in here, but I'm doing it through the lens of love. I'm doing it because as a white man, I don't feel that I could have this conversation, but I feel that it is my responsibility to have this conversation, to represent every white man, every woman who feels that she should turn up in a certain way, every black person who, if they go against what another black person is saying or a white person goes against another white person saying or a Jew says something about a Muslim or a Christian says something about a Hindu. All those labels that we put on each other is are we having those discussions through the lens of love? But more importantly, and this is where I want to leave leave it. I started this off by saying in 2019, deaths from suicide Rose from 5,691 to up 321. Okay, so they went up 321. We don't have the statistics for 2020, but I'm pretty much guessing that they're going to go higher. So if you're listening to this podcast, please reach out. You know, we're all over social media. Please reach out to me. You can come and see me. I've gone through this, I know what it's like. Tracy has lived with the pain of anxiety. You know, I just I just basically did my PhD and Tracy did a doctorate. So we're pretty much there. <laughs> I, do, I just I just thought about being more, more positive about acting out. Um, but <laughs> you just my, my a
1: few steps further down the right? road. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but my point is this, is that when those thoughts about yourself come in and those thoughts about, am I showing up in the right way? Do I, am I showing up how people see me? What I want you to say is, am I showing up? for who I am. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a rebel. It doesn't mean that you have to go out. It's looking at yourself through the lens of love. And if you don't feel that you can be authentically you with other people, then know that is absolutely okay, but know that it's okay. And also know that at some point you'll have the bravery and the courage. Um, Brenny Brown talks a lot about vulnerability and that, Courage there is no courage without vulnerability. The two are the same. Mm. Vulnerability is not weakness, but again, society, especially as a man, if you're vulnerable, you know, yeah, you can be vulnerable, but you don't need to be outwardly vulnerable. Be vulnerable to yourself. It's okay to cry, but see yourself with the lens of love. Know that you are enough, know that you are different, know that you know, it's okay not to conform and have the vulnerability, have the courage to go and find somebody who can help you, whether that be me, Tracy, whether that be another RTT therapist, even if it's talking therapy, CBT, you know, do your research, talk to people. I never say that there's anything wrong with drugs. There's anything wrong with CBT. I, I use RTT because I did it myself and it changed my life. It saved my life. Um, but I'm not saying that that's right for you, but what is right for you is to just know that you are perfect, that everything is okay, and see those feelings inside you of doubt, their lessons, those, like you said, Trace, about the anxiety. You yeah. Know. Is there it's anything just, else? Yeah.
1: All just, they're all just warning signals and I would just like anybody who's listening to this, who's in that place right now, to know that regardless of any evidence that you can see and any evidence that you can look back on, who you are deep down is absolutely enough as as you are. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with you in that sense. The only thing that's wrong with you is your belief that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You need to somewhere, somehow find that courage. As Marcus said, talk to someone, doesn't matter who it is, but talk to somebody just to get it out of your head a little bit and for you to realize there are a million different avenues, a million different positive avenues that you can take. But the only way you're going to be free of this is if you commit to being your authentic self and know that you're not gonna be judged and those who do judge you do not belong in your life. There there are thousands of people out there who would love and accept you just as you are. And it's finding those people and we're here and there are loads of other therapists and counselors and and whatever who who would be there for you to help you give you that space and permission just to be who you who you truly are because it's only when you become that person will you feel that freedom and that light
0: come back and remember that your your story could be somebody else's survival guide and i've just written some notes down here and what i'm going to do is anybody that's listening to this podcast if you go To TalkingMinds.co.uk, which is our Podbean page. In the show notes for this, I'm going to put a link to my book. I'm going to give my book's available on Amazon, but I'm going to give it away for free because it, it 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 charts kind of my own realizations that I went through on that journey. And and if that can help somebody else out there, if that can be a survival guide for somebody else, that I don't want the money. I don't want anything for it. It was written for that purpose. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end the podcast now just by reiterating these kind of these, these three things that Nelson Mandela said, because I think they're so impactful. So I just want to say them again, all three of them, and then we'll leave it at that. Uh, and if anybody does want to get in contact with us, please do. We'd love your comments. But remember that education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. And education doesn't have to be the linear education. It's about learning about who you are. When a man is desi- denied the right to live the life he believes in, he has no choice but to become an outlaw. Don't think that that outlaw has been a bad thing. Learn the lessons for you, not for anybody else. And finally remember, no one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin, their background or religion. People must learn hate. And if they can learn hate, They can learn love. For love comes more to the human heart than the opposite. So see your own life. See yourself through the lens of love. I hope we've got the message across that we tried to get across in this podcast. We'd love your comments. And with that, I think we'll say goodbye. Goodbye from me. So, bye-bye. Remember, October the 10th is World uh, National Mental Health Day. Please show your love for anybody who's out there. Share the message and please share this podcast because actually by sharing this podcast, you actually might save someone's life.
1: If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds and don't forget to give us a little like thanks very much for listening see you soon